It's Antoine Araldi here from the Antoine Araldi Show, and I'm with Hugo Prince, the host of The Road to the IPO. What's up? And today we are here with Jamie Benziri, an attorney by trade and entrepreneur at heart. So thank you for being on the show. I love being here. Hey, so, I love being here. Everyone should know you by now, but for those that don't know you, can you explain to us more about you and what you do? So I, you know, you nailed it. I'm an entrepreneur that happens to be a lawyer, and it kind of happened by accident. I actually applied to medical school. Yeah. I wasn't smart enough. Good. I got rejected everywhere. And you know, universities have this like, you can do plan B and plan C. Yes. So I think I put in le droit. <laughs> just kind of as a plan B, because I said, you know, what else are you going to do? Like, what, else, what else is a Jewish kid going to do, right? Yes. So I put in uh, le droit, and then my mom calls me before we started law school, and she said, hey, you got into law school. And I said, That's, that, I forgot that I had applied. So me and my mom went to Sherbrooke, packed my bags, J'ai fait mon droit, mon bac à Sherbrooke, okay. and then I, I came back here and I, I started practicing in a very traditional way. Prosecutor for the city of Montreal, divorces, contracts, corporate stuff, and at a certain point I said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta express myself as an entrepreneur. Yes. And the answer was legal logic, you know, more transparent, more kind of, you know, geared for entrepreneurs, and I'm kind of the, the result of that. Cool. So before we talk about your Jamie Winnison, the entrepreneur and legal logics, I want to talk about your grandfather. Because I know for sure that your grandfather, grandfather has been an inspiration to you. So let's talk about it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, it's, a, it's a sensitive point for me because uh, yeah, I had such a great relationship you know, with him growing up. And when people ask me about my mentors, when people ask me about the people that I've looked out to, you know, when I, when I think about everything that he's gone through. Yes. And you know, it's not just isolated to, to the Jewish people. It's not just you know, special to any one culture. Every culture has gone through these transitions. Yes. Um, his family was exceptionally persecuted you know, in the war. And when he came here, no excuses, no victim, you know, poor me. Yes. It's like, I got to do everything to survive, everything for my family. And I spoke about this at you know, the Grow Rich event. Yep. Yes. And these were a lot of the things that I didn't realize had shaped me. So when I'm working 100 hours a week and people are just like, what are you doing? I'm okay. like, well, I think I'm supposed to be doing this. Yes. So all of this comes from my grandfather and the values that I saw him work. I saw him miss birthdays and you know, things okay. to sacrifice you know, for his family. So for me, that's been um, a huge inspiration in terms of work ethic and the way that somebody's supposed to take care of their family and kind of be within a community. So hugely important for me. And there is, I think, Grogwish, uh, you talk about perseverance. Yes. Because yes. There's, that's, that's something that you learned from your grandfather. Grandfather, and then you say there's two types of perseverance. What are they? So there's, I, 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 that's great. There's, there's passive and active perseverance. Yeah. So I think that today we all get up, we do, you know, either we work for, you know, Canada Post or another organization where things are structured. Yep. Um, we could be passionate about what we do. We could really like the people that we work with. But is it, is it our dream? Is it what we want to do in life? Yes. And you talk, you guys talk a lot about that. Yes. Following your dreams, and you guys are relentlessly, these guys are relentlessly pursuing their, their <laughs> dreams. And, and, and honestly, huge, uh, huge, huge respect for that. Um, but for me, passive perseverance is going through the motions, getting by, doing a job because you know, society or your parents told you this is the way things happen. Active perseverance is when you take things into your own hands, yes. uh, you know, alulu, or, you know, road to IPO, yeah. the Grow Rich events, and you say, you know what, I'm going to shape my own destiny. I'm going to express myself as an entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, this is who I am. This is what I want to do in life. That's active. That's being in control of your destiny, yes. which I think you guys are doing. Good. Thank you. Hey, by the way, we are live on Facebook just then on Twan Audi Show. <laughs> and also, I, I believe so we're live. Guys. We're live here, too, in front of the, the cameras here. And let's talk about Jamie Minister, the entrepreneur. Yeah. 
So why, Jimmy? Why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? You know, for me, entrepreneurship, sometimes I, I wish I could turn it off. Okay. I wish, sometimes I wish I could take a vacation for two weeks okay. and not pick up my phone. Okay. Can't do it. No. Um, I don't know if you can, but I definitely can. I doubt that you, you guys can either. Um, okay. For me, entrepreneurship was almost a, um, an obligation. I had no choice. Okay. When I looked at myself as a lawyer and as a person with the alternatives out there as a lawyer, I'm thinking to myself, I don't really fit with any culture. I don't fit within a downtown yes. culture. I don't fit within you know, some sort of organigram where I fit the mold of work for 15 years, bill 1,700 hours a year, and become partner. Mm -hmm. I never fit in that mold. I never felt comfortable. And quite frankly, those structures didn't really know what to do with me. Okay. Because I came in, I had my own entrepreneurial aspirations. Um, I did things differently. I started businesses in college. I invested in real estate really young. So for me, entrepreneurship was the default because I didn't know what else to do. It was the way out. It was the way out. It was a way for me to, to grow without going through the regular channels. Okay. So, you know, entrepreneurship should not be taken lightly. And I think today, the biggest, um, you know, the biggest, uh, my, you know, uh, my biggest concern yes. is that we are, we are in this ecosystem where entrepreneurship is sensationalized. Okay. Everybody gets into it mm -hmm. and we have no idea what we're getting involved with. Just the way like I got into law, I had no idea what I was getting involved with. Okay. I saw it on TV, your parents tell you it's a good profession, but I have no, I, when I stepped into a law from the first day, that's when I realized what it was. So entrepreneurship for me um, is a, dou a double-edged sword, you know, and, and for, you know, some people um, have no choice but yeah. to be entrepreneurs, either because they're immigrants and nobody wants to give them a job, yes. or they're kind of misfits, kind of like us, where we, we do want to do things differently. So it's it's not it's 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 not it's not easy like you know but I mean it's it's um, something um, that um, that I think is kind of deep within you. But why did you decide to stay in law? Because you say you were in real estate and then you stayed you opened your business in law. Why? Why is That's was something like attractive? Very good question. I, I I never actually liked law school at all. Okay. Got into law and I said you know I just basically put my head down and said I'm going to finish this. I said I'm going to finish it. Okay. And then I said, let me try it out. I don't want to waste all these years of training. Let me yes. try it. And I tried it, and I really liked the experience. And so for me, I think I would be happy. And I, and I, love, I love law, okay. but more importantly, I love the people that I serve. I love the entrepreneurs that I hang out with. I love doing interviews like this because it allows for us to connect. Yes. So for me, law was, was just a channel for me to be an entrepreneur. I could have been selling cars, I think. I could have been, <laughs> yeah, yeah. been selling fucking flowers. <laughs> yeah. And I think I would have been, been happy. So you picked you picked law, but you could have picked anything I, else as well. Yeah, I think I could have picked any everything anything else. And quite frankly, and I've, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, is I think that I think it would have been easier for me to choose anything else. Okay. I think I, I would have made a lot more money. I think I would have had a lot less stress, and I think I would have uh, reached my entrepreneurial dreams or benchmarks faster. Because I'm in a space where there are where entrepreneurship is, is not practiced. Yes. You know, to have a, a legal brain, mm -hmm. a legal left, a right side brain, and an entrepreneur left side brain is yeah. inconsistent. Because when I'm trying to dot T's and cross I's, um, you know, in court, and then I'm running out and I'm writing, you know, we're doing Facebook Lives and we're, you know, interacting yeah. with people, it's two different skill sets. Yes. So I, I, I have to switch between these rules super seamlessly. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So um, I, I think I could have chosen anything. And quite frankly, sometimes I wish I had. Yeah. Because I think it would have been easier. Do you want to sell airplanes like Beryl? <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. He's talking about that, Beryl. Yeah, yeah. He wants to sell airplanes. So. He wants to sell airplanes. Beryl, if you're watching, brother, <laughs> you and me will go head-to-head with Bombardier. <laughs> we're going to take out the C-Series and we're going to make the W-Series for the, for the wealthy jets. Cool. So, Antoine, any questions about entrepreneurship? Yeah, so talk to us more about your personal brand and LinkedIn, how you got, that, how you got started with LinkedIn. Yeah, good question. So I have a new um, uh, training platform that I've created, okay. which was essentially kind of, uh, kind of therapeutic for me to say, what, what am I doing on LinkedIn? Where's the ROI? Am I making any money? Yeah. So when, when we hired a controller, the controller said, why are you doing all this? Why are you spending all this money? We had a, a huge budget, which we've now brought to zero dollars and he's like where's the ROI Facebook ads this that da 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 and I'm like I don't know people like the posts and they must come to see me yeah he's like well how do you know I'm like I don't know that's the way it works (laughs) and 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 then so so he challenged me a lot and I'm like fuck I don't I can't even answer him yeah Yeah. so in thinking about what I've done on LinkedIn and the way that I've posted organically and I I don't even talk about law anymore they're all off topic these are all things that are just like about me talking about kind of the experience that I have with you guys and people engage with that people already know I'm a lawyer so like I don't need to talk about that anymore it's all about is this the kind of guy that I want to be in business with and do I see myself hiring him to be my lawyer and that's kind of I think where people connected and where my engagement went through the roof so you know when I'm when I have a I have a um, no, I wouldn't say a course, but it's more of a keynote that I give now called Thumbs Up Networking. And that is essentially kind of my secret sauce. What have I done okay. to find patterns in my posting and the way that I post? And so I gave one recently at, at Asante, Quebec. And I was at McGill last night, actually. And more and more you know, people are interested in saying, well, how is this lawyer leveraging social media? Yes. Um, is it working? And can I do that as a financial planner, as a broker, as a real estate agent? as a doctor, what's, how is this guy doing it? And that's kind of been my, um, my, like my newest spiel. Do people find that odd or are people getting used to it? Yeah, I think people find it weird for sure. And, um, but I think it makes sense. And so I, 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 open, I open this keynote by saying, um, we're buzzing everywhere. <laughs> I open my keynote by saying, Andy Warhol said it best. Yes. Everybody has 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. Yep. Everybody has 15 minutes. Today, it's, it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. You and I yep. have the same platforms as GE, as yeah. Bombardier, yes. as SNC-Lavalin. They have nothing on you. On you okay? mm-hmm. And you guys leverage that and you take advantage of that um, in a way that bigger brands aren't even going near that. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, your fame today is a consequence, and mine really is, yeah. is um, or whatever we call it, fame, yeah. is a consequence of that. It's really because we've leveled the playing field. And now I think more than ever, people want to lift what I call the cultural veil to see who's behind the brand. Yeah. Who's behind a Lulu? Who's behind Legal Logic? Yes. And who's behind you know, whatever your brand is? I think yeah. it's just Antoine Iroldi. Yeah. You don't have a fancy brand yet. Yeah. Uh, you are the fancy brand. <laughs> uh, you're, the, you know, you're the fancy logo. Um, but right now, I think it's people want to know who you're doing business with sure. and yeah. who's behind the brand. You know, and you can't hide behind the logo. You yeah. can't hide behind the, the business cards anymore. So when I, when I open the gates of Legal Logic and it's just me, what do I stand for? And that's the message that I'm trying to communicate. So can, can you tell to the people that are watching this or listening to this podcast, how does how having a personal brand really change your career? Um, I think having a personal brand yeah. allows you 
to drive your audience okay. to what's important to you cool. as an entrepreneur. So for me, it's Legal Logic, yeah. or Ticket Aid, or some a lot of the other brands that I'm part of, either on the board or some of the causes. You've seen me talk a lot about the Lakeshore. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. So yeah. these are all causes for me. Uh, you know, this is my principal business where we're sitting right now. But then there's causes that are dear to me. Cause marketing is is really important to me. So I try to leverage my personal network. And that's where it's been the most success. Taking all of the credibility that I've built, and hopefully I have some, and diverting that to the places where that are important to me as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, and as a member of the community. So everyone should build a personal brand? 100%. I think you have to. I, don't, I think you have no choice. Cool. Um, you know, you're living in body minimum of that. You I mean you are your brand. Yeah. And I think that today everyone it's, is. Everyone's their own walking personal yeah. billboard. So um, yeah, Legal Logic gets engagement, mm -hmm. and people know the brand, they interact with the brand, but it's not the same. Okay. It's not the same. I want to know who's behind the brand. I want to, I want to meet and, and, and get to know that person behind the brand. So le let's talk about Legal Logics. Yeah. So what type of company it is? Because it was nominated as the most innovative law firm in Canada from 2015 mm. and 2016. Mm. So people want to know exactly what does Legal Logic do. Legal Logic is a lifestyle legal brand, okay. which, you know, for the first time, we want entrepreneurs to feel comfortable syncing up with a law firm to get their legal services, but to get their legal information so that they're empowered. Okay. So that uh, they don't always have to pay a lawyer to do something. I can send them a guide. Okay. You know, and you talk a yeah. lot about that in your marketing strategies. Yeah. How do I give somebody a, a nine-step guide mm -hmm. to running your own lawsuit? And so you don't, you know, you don't have to sit down with a lawyer. Yeah. And that's why I wrote, that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. Yep. Entrepreneur Inc. Is, is essentially that. It's all the questions and things that entrepreneurs keep asking me. Do I need to be incorporated? What happens if I get sued? Okay. What happens if this? What happens if that? I took all these stories and I put it into a guide. So for 10 bucks, you can buy the book instead of, you know, consulting somebody for, you know, two, three, four, five hundred dollars okay. to get the answers. Yes. Yeah. Because now, I mean, we have the resources and it's not for me to, to be the gatekeeper of the information. Yeah. I just basically want to redistribute the information so people can make you know, really quick decisions um, that are available. So LegalLogic is a legal reference okay. for entrepreneurs and business people and individuals who are in litigation or kind of conflict situations um, and empower them to give them all the tools they need to make the right decision you know, without talking about fees immediately and you know, making sure that people feel comfortable. So you're giving value, a lot of value. Yes, yes, I'm to, uh, I've always tried to. So the, the communication, the communication me message, I feel like I'm turning my back on the live, man. The, communi the communication message, I'm coming, coming at you. The communication message that we're giving is, um, is one where you get the information, you get the value yeah. before you know, you're asked for you know, a dollar. Okay. So you, there's videos available for you to make an informed decision. There's going to be guides. There's going to be contracts. There's going to be models. There's going to be templates, and there's going to be there's going to be kind of la transparence in, dans les forfaits okay. that we're offering to the public. Okay, cool. But more importantly, it's a place for you um, to get to know about law and where you fit in, kind of in the law, cool. because it usually is very scary, yeah, cool. complicated, yeah. and you know, most entrepreneurs don't want to go there. What about startups? Because you work with a lot of startups, so yeah. how do you see the startup uh, community in Montreal? The startup community is, I think, on fire in Montreal. Yeah, I think it's great. Sure. So I think it's, Montreal has a great startup scene. And, you know, my biggest concern that it goes back to, you know, last time is what are we doing with all these startups? And mm -hmm. do, they have a, do they have a hope in hell of succeeding? Yeah. Um, because what happens is that these entrepreneurs come out through the gate, yep. pumping their chest, saying, I'm going to make it, I'm going to raise, I'm going to raise. Yep. 
and the, there's no business plan. There's no you know minimum viable you know there's no uh, you know minimal minimal viable product. Mm -hmm. There's no there, there's nothing to show for it. And people are asking me to introduce them to venture capitalists nice. and to people for the raise. Yeah. So there's a huge disconnect where people think that they go into business, there's money waiting for them, yeah. and it's a huge reality check. Mm -hmm. So I've tried to contribute to that, the les lacunes in the startup community by doing things like Logic Lab. Is it because entrepreneurship is on a pedestal right now? It is. I think it's it's sensationalized. We 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 have this um, this this vision of being our own boss and that it's going to be great and that nobody can control my own destiny. Yeah. And I think that's great. Okay. And I, I have nothing to say about that. But I think it comes with huge sacrifices yeah. that people don't realize. So, will you think do you think there's ever going to be a platform or a conference that doesn't really like? Because um, usually most conferences they they value entrepreneurship and they say like. Oh well, entrepreneurship is like this. It's like this. They're really glamour. It's really glamour, right? Glamorized, yeah. Glamorized, right? So then, shouldn't there be conferences where they say the complete opposite and really show the facts? Of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's you, good. Like they would show you basically how to grow the business and how to scale the business, opposed to just you know talking about. I, I the think that's a great idea. First of all, there's fuck up nights. Okay. You guys know Fuck Up Nights? Yeah. No, I don't know it, it's an international platform. They have uh, chapters in every city. Actually, I spoke at Fuck Up Nights okay. because I fucked up a lot. <laughs> and um, it's actually called Fuck Up Nights. And they, you have, I think, 10 minutes to talk about all your fuck ups. And there's three okay. speakers, and it's a, it's a cute platform. So that's a great place to go and learn yes. like real stuff that's not sugar-coated. Yeah. But I think you should have maybe make a TV show, man, where you follow you know, startups and entrepreneurs yeah, and profile it. Let's get a budget. I'll help you, you know, sell it. So, Jamie, what are the, the, some of the things you fuck up for the, for the audience? <laughs> um, I think that my biggest, my biggest fuck ups are the ones where I, I, thinking that you can do everything. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And I think that entrepreneurs have super, Superman complexes okay. where they say, whatever, it's just, it's just accounting, it's just law, yeah. it's you know, sales I'm good at, and everything's going to flow from sales. Yes. Um, our biggest issue is that we, we, we traditionally generated more clients and, and kind of business than we were able to, to handle, even on our accounting side. So it, it created a disconnect. And you know, on top of that, managing a staff, keeping staff engaged, making sure that staff are happy and that there's, a, there's, a, there's room for them to grow okay. you know, requires a whole different set of skills. So to all my staff that are watching, <laughs> I think about you all the time and I'm thinking about making life you know, easier for all of us. And so there's all these concerns that you don't think about. How do you, you know, how do you take into consideration when somebody's sick, when somebody's having a baby? Okay. You know, what do you do when that person has a baby? Do you freak out, or you know, are you going to find a replacement? So all these things that you don't learn, you'll never learn in school ever. Yeah. There's no school that will ever teach yeah. these things. True, yeah. So my biggest, my best advice is, you know, learn from somebody else's mistakes. Okay. You know, try to finance your dream in an industry that you think you want to be at. You know, without you know going into the business, you know itself. You know, okay. learn you know learn through the ropes, okay. and surround yourself by the people who, who do things better than you. True. Yeah. You know, I'm not the best lawyer in 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 in, in, in the world. I'm I'm not good in accounting because I don't have time to oversee all the financial controls. Okay. Um, I'm not the best manager because I'm not here all the time. Okay. I can maybe be a better I'm maybe a better leader. Yes. Because you know I have certain qualities. But it doesn't make me a good manager. It doesn't make me a good uh, financial controller, and it doesn't make me a good, uh, you know, the best lawyer. So I need to take all these considerations into into effect and make sure that all the people around me are kind of floating up my 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 my, my pitfalls. Sure. You know.
Awesome. So let's talk about LinkedIn uh, uh, again because you made a LinkedIn awards ceremony. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us more about that? Yes. Yeah, sure. What's up? What up, Jane Stewart? <laughs> uh, LinkedIn Awards. So LinkedIn Awards was a stroke of, it was that, like that aha moment mm -hmm. when I was at McGill because we were doing an event with McGill's Eat Science and Science Departments. I was filming with Justin Morgenstein and um, as I was interviewing somebody, literally I cut off the guy I was interviewing. I took Justin's phone and I made, and I made a note to him. And I'm, I said, sorry. And I, I, I'm like, give me your phone. And I made a note saying, award ceremony LinkedIn. And I sent it to myself okay. so I wouldn't forget. Okay. And he's like, what was that about? Like, what was that about? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so after he's like, what was that? I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, the LinkedIn awards. Right. I'm like, I want to try to help uh, recognize all the people that are doing great things okay. um, in the community, across different platforms, and across different categories. And um, let's do it for the benefit of the hospital. Okay. And that's, it really was within three weeks, the sponsors came in, we had our place, you, know, near the, you guys were there, a place near the hotel and um, a place near the airport. And it, it just, it, it became this great cause that everybody in the city rallied around, uh, not only to pay homage and to recognize people that are doing great things in Montreal, but to raise, you know, to raise money to the, for the lakeshore. So it was a win-win. Super great momentum, super great vibes. People are still messaging me today. And um, what's up, Joy? What's up, Paul? People are still messaging me today to talk about um, what's next, how do I get involved? Yeah. And so that was, that, that was how it was born. It, it happened within three weeks. We, we, we grinded next level to make it happen, and it was, it was great. We had a great time. Why, Jamie, why are you giving so much? I, 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 I don't I know. That's a really good question, like, man. Why are you giving so much to, not just to the community, but yeah. to the hospitals, to the foundation? Mm -hmm. where, where does it come, this... Um, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think for me, it's become, it's, it hasn't been a question of kind of popularizing Jamie Benizri or making sure that he's at the top of your news feed. Yeah. For me, it's kind of become this, this obligation of me saying, I have an audience. Okay. My audience is listening yes. to what I'm saying. Um, you know, I have an obligation to respect the time that they're giving me okay. and do something worthwhile and meaningful with the attention that they're giving me. Yeah. And I can't think of a better way to do that than to give back to the communities, to give back to them. Yeah. How do you pay them dividends? True. Fuck, you're following me, I'm, you know, I'm following you and we're connected you know, in the, in this, on this broad platform okay. and I want to recognize you because you're doing great things and it's not, it's not really about me. So I think the reason why I do this is, these things is that uh, I don't, for me it's, it's immensely gratifying okay. to bring something to the community that never existed before. Okay. Where, where where, to do something that no one's ever done and to change the paradigm shift, whether it's law. So when people think law, they think Jamin is really logic disruptor. Okay. You know, I want, I want, that's the, that's the perception I want to give because I don't want people just to think about law just like your, you know, your, your grandfather's lawyer yes. who sat there with stains <laughs> on his shirt, you know, charging a thousand bucks an hour. I'm trying to change the paradigm. And, and I think for me, community, business, and networking yeah. should all be together. Okay. Like there's no more, I do business here. Yeah. I shake hands and I hand out business cards there. And I, I'm part of a local church, mosque, or synagogue uh, on Saturdays. And these are mutually exclusive circles. Mm -hmm. Like those, those days are over. Like okay. it's not the way it works anymore. We live in an integrated society okay. where everything's interconnected. Yeah, so I have, you know, I have 
clients, I have clients that are mosques. I, you know, I, I, I have a huge portion of my client base, which is, you know, you know, Lebanese, Moroccan, Egyptian, of, you know, you know, who are either Muslim or Lebanese or even Jewish. Yes. So for me, it's, it's no longer a question of let's, I, you know, these, I live in three spheres, community business and, um, you know, kind of networking. Okay. Um, for me, it's how to integrate all three. And I think that's the, the most gratifying thing. If I can be the connector yes. and create these experiences like the LinkedIn event that brings together the business community, business community is generating you know, money and buzz for a cause, yes. and we're generating profits and we're making money together, I'm happy. Do you think entrepreneurs should be more like, uh, like that, connectors? Like 100%. That? Yeah. 100%. I think it's essential. I mean, I think it's so greedy yeah. for us to collect business cards like this. Yeah put them in a shelf and just not doing, do anything with them. And we spend so much time on business cards and you know, talking about our profiles. You know, it's a shame that we don't connect people and that we're not looking for opportunities to create value for you guys. So if I know that there's somebody who's in manufacturing who you know, needs, um, who's doing amazing stuff yeah. and deserves and would be a really great fit for you guys for an interview, I mean, it's greedy for me not to introduce you guys. Okay. And I think as we do that, you know, uh, the, the, the Chinese have a term called Guangzi. Guangzi, yeah. Guangzi? Guangzi. They have a term called Guangzi, which is essentially this, this concept of reciprocity in a community. So you draw, you have, a, you have an immediate community, yeah. and you're able to call that com upon that community for favors. Okay. You need money because, you know, your wife is not well. You need a job. You are looking for a car. You're able to draw on that community. That community helps you. Yes without even expecting anything in return. Okay. And one day they're going to call upon you. And this whole concept of Kuangzi is that you're able to leverage your community um, to bring it value, but then the value will come back because it's the rules of reciprocity. Okay. And we're all, it doesn't matter where we're from in any country, we're all, we all have this built into our DNA where if I do favor and favor favors for you, you're yeah. going to feel indebted to me. Yeah. True. Yeah. You feel obligated to do something for yeah. me. True. There's only so much you can take. Mm -hmm. And if you don't reciprocate eventually, then obviously it's a problem and the relationship is, is damaged. But generally, every culture has Guangzi. The Chinese just have a really cool way of saying it. Cool. So we almost at the end of the podcast. No, man, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going. How long did Beryl go for? Uh, uh, hold on. We were about done. I don't know. Uh, 25, minutes, 25 minutes. minutes. Okay, good. Let's go for 45 minutes. <laughs> no, but there, there's something interesting that, uh, that I saw in your on your social media is when you go to the walking events and you, you take business cards, but you never call back after. You're saying I don't call back? No, people. People take oh, yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you, I'm a, pretty sure you call. That's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> um, what the, why it's so important to just call back after? You know, you say, hi, hey, how's it going? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We spend so much time, you know, psycho sets. I mean, we sacrifice our families. Yes. So we sacrifice family time. Yes. True. Instead of being around the the dinner table where we should all be at five o'clock, we're shaking hands and trying to you know, make contacts. Um, instead of you know, being with your friends or being at work, yeah. you know, we're at social settings, sipping martinis and eating you know, shitty food <laughs> when, you know, when we should be doing other things. Yeah. So it, it, I think it's a shame that people sacrifice all of that, okay. go to these events, take cards, yeah. because that's what you're supposed to do, yeah. and then they don't do anything with it. It's such a, it's a, it, that's such a, uh, it's such a sunk, it's such a lost opportunity yeah, cost true. that for me makes no sense. So, you know, the simplest thing is if I'm having a conversation with you yeah. and, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears yes. and we connect with the Chicago Bears, 
You know, I'm, I'm not looking to try to sell you something the next day. If I say, what do you do for work? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're wearing a Bears you know, pin. I say, oh, you like the Bears, and we connect on the Bears, and we talk about okay. something. I'm not going to hit you back up with an email saying, great, great to meet you. I'd love to help you out. And, you know, you look like you were in a bad place. I'd like to help you divorce your wife. <laughs> and if you, ever need, if you ever need legal services, you know I'm here and I'm the best. It, it's kind of like, like, take it easy. Like, we're still kind of at foreplay. Yeah. But, you know, all you need to do is say, great to meet you. Go Bears, go. Okay. Just that. Can't wait to see you at the next event. It just, it creates that, okay, he, he, there was no ask. Yeah. And this whole thing of, you know, selling without selling, I think is so pertinent because we're so used to being sold. Okay, yes. Go with me, I'm the best. You know, use my printer. I want to sell you my office supplies. Use Rogers instead of Telus. Yeah. We're so used to it that we're fed up, we're saturated. So I think the fact of connecting, I mean, at this point for me, is my entire sales model. Okay. Is trying to connect and build relationships before asking for, uh, you know, a single goddamn thing. And I think that, for me, has been the most effective thing, is bring value first to the people around you. And once, you, once you've tried your hardest, yes. you can't always bring value, but if you've tried your hardest or if you can't bring value, connect them with somebody who can. Hey, Jamie, let's talk about um, work ethic. Because I don't know about you, but they say that Jamie Benizi has 72 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, they say that. They say that. I'm like, I don't know, I have like maybe... Uh, uh, 12 hours <laughs> but let's talk about the Jamie the hustle because how do you maximize your day Jamie how do you put so much work in one yeah, day yeah that's a good question I think um, you know I think that there's, there's great books that are written about things that you have to sacrifice in your life to boost up the other circles so there's five five things in life and they talk about yeah. social you probably know these off by heart but social life professional life yeah. health family, and sleep. Yes. Those are the five circles of life. And you know you have to sacrifice two of those things in order to keep a really good baseline status quo with the other three. Yeah. So I've really sacrificed sleep okay. and um, social life. My social life has been wound into my professional life. Okay. Okay. That's how I've compensated that for that. And a lot of my, my friends have become clients, my clients have become friends. Okay. Um, and uh, look, I mean, I, I try to wake up at 4 a.m. I try to, you know, have that alone time where I can just focus on emails and contracts and legal work for a couple of hours. Okay. Then my kids wake up. Then it's, you know, the morning grind until they're, they're gone yeah. and on the bus. Yeah. And then I'm back to grinding and it's all a blur until 6 o'clock. Okay. And then I'm either at an event really quickly or three or four times a week, hopefully. I'm home, you know, hanging out with the kids, trying to put them to bed and kind of, you know, being like a family dude. Yes. So... And then I'm back on the computer and I'm, you know, hustling until, you know, midnight, one o'clock and I'll try to sleep four or five hours and repeat that, okay. that mode until the weekend where I try not to do anything. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, guys like Gary Vee said it best. It's like it's not how many hours you sleep um, that you should wear like a badge of honor. Yes. I think it's kind of, you know, what, what you're doing, you know, when you're awake. Okay. And so, you know, the people that, you know, that are proud about waking up at four, like, you know, what time are they going to sleep? Are they, you, know, you know, most of the radio guys I know yeah. are sleeping by 7 and they're up at 2 because they have to get to the, the station, right? Yeah. So that's a, you know, that's a 7, 8 hour sleep. Um, so, you know, if we look at the same, they're sleeping the same as, as anyone else. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's the fact of, you know, you don't have to sleep deprived. Okay. I just think that we all need to work smarter. Okay. Because I think naturally we think that being busy is just... Being busy is good and we're, we're occupied and we're not thinking about, you know, other things. But I think we need to figure out 
you know, log our time. And if you're spending way too much time in something that you don't see any return on value of, just get rid of that and start yeah. focusing on, on other things. True. Um, because you need to find that balance. It's not sustainable, even to do what I'm doing. It's not sustainable to work um, 17 hours a day. Your life is going to be miserable. I mean, yeah. you, have to, you have to live, right? Yes. And I'm lucky that I love what I do and I love who I do it with. So it's not really work for me. I'm just kind of always trying to operate on a baseline you know, level. Yeah. Um, and on the weekend, I crash. Okay. Pretty hard, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I don't network on the weekends. I try not to see anyone except for you know close friends on the weekend. I'm with my family, and I'm doing shit around the house, and I'm on the ice with my kids. But I'm not, um, you know, I'm trying. You know, my my weekend schedule is very different than my my my, my week schedule. Okay, big time. Yes, you have a cameraman that follows you. Huh? Not, I mean, not all the time. So we do, you know, we have like a marketing team that'll do things like this, and um, for events that we do that are kind of more higher profile or that there's just a, a, a bigger surface and more activity to cover, then yeah, we have, you know, we'll Because there's one time you say I'm, I'm more with my cameraman than my wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it may have been partially true. Um, but I mean, yeah, we look, you spend a lot of, you have to love what you do because you spend so much time with the people you do with. Yeah. I mean, you probably spend more time with, with Antoine than your girlfriend. <laughs> or, or your parents, and you always see him more than your girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what life is. I mean, we all have to do something during the day. Yeah. And it's the same thing with your girlfriend. She's spending more time with other other people than with you. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Um, but we all have the same dilemma. Yeah. So we have to love who we're doing. You know, who we're working with on a daily basis. And I'm happy. I'm lucky that I. I'm lucky that I do. Cool. Any last questions on your part, Antoine? Yeah. So where can people follow you on social media? You can follow Jamie Benizri's Adventures on Jamie Benizri, just that. Jamie Benizri. <laughs> I have a business channel called Bus Jamie Benizri Entrepreneur, which is more kind of you know business driven. There's more kind of anecdotal business stuff, and uh, LinkedIn is where I I do most of my my crimes. Cool. And you also have a show, right, on uh, social media? Yeah. So we have um, the Parlay Show, which is a um, kind of a talk show that I have with uh, Malik multidisciplinary, we kind of interview people from all different walks of life around the city, cultural and businessy, and uh, we're hosting a great event, Networking with the World, I hope you're going to be there, yeah. that's going to be the 17th at Bordell, I'm going to get you guys tickets, okay. and uh, for the community as well, if you guys want tickets, Networking with the World at Bordell, uh, it's going to be on the 17th, uh, hit these guys up, they'll, they'll hook you up with tickets, I'm going to cool. get these guys a batch, uh, a batch of tickets as well, okay? I have a last question, because yep. I love technology, and so where do you see the, the law industry with the rise of AI? I think that there is a, I talk, I talk a lot about, I've been talking a lot about the empathic or uh, empathy. Yeah. And the only thing that's going to distinguish people from machines yes. in this digital era is the fact that we can show empathy. Okay. Um, we can share our experiences. Yes. And I can look at your face. And if you look at me a certain way, I can react to that. I can say, okay, let me repeat myself because I know that you don't, you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> and I know you're laughing, so yeah. that you thought that was funny. Yeah. Or maybe you're just being nice. I don't know. <laughs> no. But machines can't tell that. And okay. I don't think machines are going to be able to have those, um, be able to assess those cues for a long time. So the only thing that makes us human, that makes us AI proof, yeah. is the fact that um, we can express emotion Emotions. and empathy in, in our posts in our interactions and in the way that we deal with um, on, a, on a daily basis. So I think that AI is good for really standard acts. Like if you give me this thing and you say, find me how many times um, a word is in here, yeah. it's AI is essential. Yes. So for 100%. Um, but I think that we're really far from 
from, from law being taken over by AI because AI machines do not have the interpersonal skills that are required to assess really complex situations that require input, cool. that require that experience and that knowledge. Well, I but I think it's going to knock out a huge portion of the law industry, yeah. which I think is great. Maybe we can give you more, so, more time to uh, be a Jamie Benistri, the brand. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm okay with becoming an avatar. In fact, we're working on, we're working on code that's going to make me into just a piece, of, uh, you know, a piece of code where I can just answer questions automatically. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay that's with that. Good. Hey, it was fun. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alulu. Thank you. Thank you, man. What's Alulu, by the way? Well, uh, I wanted to launch like a digital receipt app. And the first guy that got a receipt in the world was a guy named Alulu. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I just took it. For, you know. That's a great name. <laughs> Antoine, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. And I got to say, my last parting words is, um, I, I've been following you guys a lot, and, 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 and your journey is well documented. And you know, love you or or, or hate you guys, you know, I, my, I love you guys. But you know, you know, I love you guys. But I mean, the fact that you guys are putting yourself out there, consistently grinding and putting out the same consistent message. Yes. Is, um, is huge. Yes. So, and I know that you guys are in it for the long one, and I, and I congratulate you because I, really, I have a lot of respect for what you guys are doing. Thank you, Jamie. So keep it up, man. I'm really impressed Thank with you. you guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.